this was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touched air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. to the show everybody you're listening to the confessionals i am your host tony merkel thank you for being here if you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show go ahead and shoot me an email my email address is the confessionals podcast at gmail.com that's the confessionals podcast at gmail.com or go to the website the confessionals podcast.com hit the connection section and you can reach me that way as well either way works for me just get a hold of me now, last episode we had was the ex-Catholic nun whistleblower with Carrie Burner. Now, that was part one. Now, this is going to be part two. Where we last left off with Carrie, she had just mentioned that she noticed something going on with her body, and she's going to get into it this episode of how she found nanotech put into her body after a surgery that was performed on her. Let's get into it right now. And now we're going to accelerate the story because you've got a lot of good background to see where the motive would come from. I went for a surgery in July of 2011. I had the creeps about it, so I hired a security, someone who had a high clearance with the Department of Defense. They said, more than happy to help, wouldn't even accept my donation because I was going to pay them. And when I came out of the surgery... I've already had a previous sinus surgery before. This surgery was for the purposes of cleaning out the, the, the polyp that redeveloped in the same sinus cavity in the right-hand side. So I was like, all right, so I got to get it done, clean it out, and so forth. I go through the surgery. I come out, and the feeling is different. And I'm like, okay, everything's good. I'm alive. But my security guy is gone, my security team. So I asked my friend, Mark, I'm like, what's going on? (laughs) Where did he go? He's like, oh, he has to pick up his kid. And I was like, all right, no big deal. I'm alive. He did a good job. I'm still here. No problem. Well, I get home and I start having 
what to me was something like the hives and I had a major reaction. So keeping in mind, I already had a sinus surgery in 2009 or, or thereabouts, maybe even 2008 or seven, somewhere, somewhere before 2011, the polyp grew, grew back. I got the surgery again, 2011. I have before and after pictures. I have a before MRI of me before the surgery. Then I went and I got an MRI done after the surgery. So now we have a before and after picture, which we're going to review. I go home for five weeks. I have this thing like the hives. I take pictures. I write down the information, write down what I'm going through because I didn't understand what it was. A year and a half later goes by and my, my health was declining rapidly and I couldn't understand it. So I just, every time I would just try to figure it out, I was doing, you know, eating all healthy foods and things like that. So nothing made sense. So I put my symptoms into a regular Google search engine to find that it rendered back microwave sickness as part of the symptomology. And I'm like, wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense at all. I don't even, I don't even use a microwave. And I was feeling strange things like overheating and, you know, things that people would go through if they were going through menopause, but this was worse. It was more, it's, it was different than that. So at this point, I'm thinking, all right, the only thing I know that might be similar to what I'm going through is back in 2006, my uncle Kevin Bernor, you can look him up. He just did his, um, offered his testimony to the International Tribunal for Natural Justice. They're doing tremendous things, by the way. They're overworked and certainly underloved. We need to help them out too. But bottom line is my uncle did his testimony wherein he was actually a targeted individual and he was in the military and our family didn't see him for over 20 years. So this was 2006 or thereabouts. Maybe 2004 was the first time he came to our door, but 2006 is when I got literally involved in his investigation. My sister calls me. There's, uh, I have maybe four or five priests at the table. I just made them a beautiful steak dinner. My sister calls and freaks out and says, you need to get here now. And I said, Christy, I, I, I have people over. She says, I don't care. You need to get here now. This is an emergency. And she hung up the phone. And I says, fathers, here's the key. Put it under the mat when you're done. Don't worry about the dishes. Just enjoy. So I leave. I go to my sister's. She pulls me in to the bottom part of the house, to the first floor, no lights on. I'm like, what's wrong with you, Christy? What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> She's like, I haven't seen, we haven't seen our uncle. It's uncle Kevin. We haven't seen him for over 20 years. And he's alleging that there's black helicopters following him. Um, he's, he, he, he's, he's really concerned that he's been shipped. He, he supposedly has documents proving it. And I need to just take him and put him in a mental and take him back to the veteran affairs. I said, no, you don't. If this is true, then you're putting him back in the lion's den. So why don't I go ahead and see if we can investigate this matter further? So I meet with my uncle. I call his ex-wife. Um, I call his children to find out, you know, are there allegations of him probably running from the laws? Is he involved in sexual crimes, sexual abuse? Did he, whatever. Is he, 
So I went to the police in Worcester and I asked them to get some files from California and I did some skip tracing and research. And there's no reports that he's done anything of the sort. So I'm like telling Christy, I'm like, I don't think the guy is lying. I think there's something going on here. So I says, I went to Congress. We opened a file in McGovern's office in Worcester. And um, I, after six weeks, he gave me power of attorney so I could speak openly to his doctors. I could, and I called the Veterans Affairs out in, in Puerto Rico. And the head of Veteran Affairs at the time said, uh, your uncle's not crazy. This stuff is happening. He was chipped against his will. And, um, and I'm like, well, for what purposes? I mean, he's obviously in pain. Is there another reason? Is there something else? And this guy was like, oh, no, there's many, many reasons why. Uh, it can range from tracking them to torturing them to using new technologies on them to develop further technologies. So in the end, the long and short of it was I gathered a ton of data in this process of six weeks of just going at it to find out, is this true? Is this even possible? And for sure, in the end, I, I determined that, okay, Michael's not lying. This is really happening to him. And I told him, I said, uncle, you need to join a group where people understand what you've gone through. So I connected him to a guy named James Walbert. And James was very helpful. Uh, I obtained huge files on James Walbert and just kept evidence, you know, gathering evidence more and more and more to understand my uncle's situation better. And so I told him, I said, uncle, you need to leave the country. And he did. He left the country and for over 10 years, he's been gone up until Trump came back into office. My uncle called me when I was on the Beltway in D.C. and he said, what are you doing? I said, no comment. What would you like? He says, I want to see you. I said, get the plane tickets. I'll see you on the 28th of February, whatever it was. And um, but bottom line is my uncle was chipped against his will. So I gathered all that data. So now going back through the microwave sickness, what I was going through, I opened my uncle's file and looked up what James Walbert did to determine his evidence that he was, in fact, emitting a frequency. So I was like, all right, I think the first place to start is if I'm being beamed with a weapon or some weapons in my body and it's emitting out, then I think the first place to start is to, to go to this lady named Melinda Kidder who's described on this Columbia Investigations report by, with Wayne, James Walbert. So I said, I called Melinda. I said, Melinda, I want to rule this out. It could be possible that I'm just going through something really strange, but uh, I just want to go to you. Um, I called James Walbert. He ran through the test. I bought a Jam 20 Pro machine. The machine rendered, and James says, I do have signals in my body, but I believe that the machine is broken. I bought it from the eBay. So let's see if we could meet. She said, sure. My schedule opens up uh, within the next couple of weeks or so, whatever. I said, how much does it cost? She's like, 1500 I said, it'll be in the mail tomorrow. Uh, let's set this up. I just so happened to have a client in need two hours away at the courthouse. It's only two hours away from you. So I'll get out of court and um, I'll meet with you with my client afterwards. She's like, okay, great. After three hours or, or thereabouts, I meet with Melinda. She's um, studied in SCADA measures and um, TSCM. 
So she has equipment that has to be calibrated. And she went through the whole test with her assistant, um, who's also another investigator, private investigator. And sure enough, signals were, were coming out of my body. And so I asked her, I said, Melinda, um, is, are these signals coming from my body or to my body? She said, the signals here are coming from my, your body and they're emitting to the environment. I was like, okay, so what do you think this could be? She said, something's in your body and you need to go to somebody else to determine what that is. And she said, I'll get you the name in the next couple of days. So I said, okay, great. So I got on the plane. I went to go teach a class in Sacramento. And I told the class, I said, I'm only teaching insofar as none of you open your mouth and ask any questions because I don't want to put your your cases in harm's way. I think I could be, um, you know, in a situation where where I could be putting you your cases at risk. So I said, if I do the talking, we'll be in good shape. So they all agreed and uh, got the seminar done. My ears were in pain on that trip, okay, but when I descended the plane, but I thought, well, I have a, I had a sinus um, uh, uh, infection, so I was like, well, no big deal. I'll just treat the sinus infection. It could just be that. Well, when I got on the plane, after a few days, and I was better from the sinus stuff, I was doing a bunch of herbal remedies and cleared that right out. I got on the plane to head back to Texas, but Southwest had the leg of the trip stop in San Diego. Upon descending my ears, the pain was beyond the beyonds. And keep in mind, when I was on my way to Melinda Kidder, there was a white van that was on the right of me. And it said special on the plate. And I asked my client, I said, do you see that? Do you see that on the plate? And I elbowed him. He's like, oh, yeah, actually, I do. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. But um, if something's going on inside of my ears and it feels like a weird pressure is going on. And I, I said, I think they're trying to activate something in my body, but I don't know. That's I said, I, I said, that's kind of stupid because I'm on my way to get it tested. So anyways, when I was descending into San Diego, my ears were bleeding. There was pinkish fluid coming out. The pain was so beyond I was crying. And I asked the stewardess, I'm like, do you have anything like Advil or Tylenol or something? And she's like, even if I had it, I'm not allowed to give it. I was like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, so I got off the plane. I went straight to the desk. I said, I need my bags. I, I cannot finish the other leg of the trip. And the lady's like, are you okay? Do you want me to get an ambulance? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Everything's fine. And I just need my bags. So she gave me my bags. I got outside, sat on the, the stone very beautiful day weather in San Diego. And I, I opened my address book and I'm like, who do I know in California? I'm like, oh, my friend Mark, he's somewhere. He lives in California somewhere. So I called him up. I'm like, Mark, I'm at the airport in San Diego. Can you pick me up? He's like, well, of course, I'll be on my way. So he comes, he picks me up. I get into a hotel that's like right across the street from where he lived. So it was so perfect and ideal. I slept for three days. Now, at this stage in the game, every phone call I made would go on to call divert. And if I trashed the phone and I got another phone, it would say call divert on it. All that was photographed. You can see these details on my YouTube videos. Uh, go to Sister Kiri Bernor 
and and play the video. Um, I think it's called Jesus Defeats Nanotechnology Weapons, and you will see the phone on divert, and you can see two of them. So basically, um, I I slept for three days to recover. Then I called Melinda, or I and I said, oh, can I have the report? She emailed it to me. It made it to me perfectly fine. I opened her report, and then in the in the email it said, you need to see Dr. Hildegard Staninger. And I said, okay, I don't know who this one is. I don't know who this, if it's a girl or a guy, but I started to research the net. Sure enough, she's in Los Angeles. So I called Dr. Staninger and I say, I have this report from Melinda. She says I have signals. She says I need to talk to you because you might know what kind of technology this is. And she's like, okay, well, we have a protocol. Um, you're going to have to give me a document from your doctor referring you to me. And I said, great, I have an idea of how I'm going to do that. Let me get to work on that. She says, the next opening is in six days from now. I said, that's no problem. I plan on being here for a little bit. Um, so then I, I called another doctor friend of mine and I said, um, Doctor, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to get your license revoked or anything. We're going to be normal about this. But you do know, you know my story. All I'm trying to do is see this toxicologist. So I said, here's my urine tests. Here's my hair tests. I think I only had urine at that time. Here's the urine test. It shows that I have very strange heavy metals in me that are not normal. Please write up a document. Here's the document. I'll fill it out. You just pretty much fill in the blanks and sign it. She's like, okay, no problem. So she does it for me. She's a friend of mine. And I, I accompanied the document of my urine test with the heavy metals to that record to protect my doctor. We need to protect our doctors because the second you use the word, I feel like I have a microchip in me or something along those, the nature of that, there's codes automatically where doctors have to report it and they put you in an insane asylum. So we have to protect our doctors and ourselves. And so the best way I could do that was provide something showing I need to see this toxicologist because I'm concerned about heavy metals. Right. So I go right. to see um, uh, Dr. Hildy, Hildegard Staninger. We sit down and talk for several hours. And she says, um, the Jesuits in the Vatican did this to you. I said, Why? She says, you know too many things. I said, I don't know anything. See, once again, I always go back to that. I don't know anything. But yet, obviously, I knew something. I didn't even know that I knew it until years later. Again, it takes me a while <laughs> to get the big picture. In the meantime, all I do is gather data and write things in my journal. Then later, I look back on it and like, okay, I got the picture now. So everybody should keep a journal, by the way. Um, so now, um, Hildy says, these, the Jesuits, um, did this to you because of your love for Christ? And I said, well, there's so many other people who love Christ. So it can't just be that. And I said, I'm not even a nun anymore. She's like, she's like, it doesn't matter. You've upheld your vows to him. It doesn't matter. That's irrelevant. I was like, all right. So I said, what is this? What, what can we do? What is the stuff that's in my body? She says, yes, you do have a signal coming out or signals. And um, it's called nanotechnology. I said, what is that? She tr tried to explain it. I said, I said, Hildy, I'm sorry. This, none of this makes sense. It's all gibberish. It's science and it makes no sense to me. I said, 
can we fix it? Have you ever fixed this in someone else's body before? She said, yes, this other person, uh, we fixed it. Um, but she, uh, they, they took a, um, uh, a settlement for over a hundred million. And so she can't talk about it. And I said, but I want to talk to her. I, l- I want to learn how she got through it. She says, I'll show you, but it's a very rigorous protocol and it's not fun, but I will show you how to do it. And I said, okay, great. Um, I said, how long will this take? She said, four to six months. I said, great. So she, I, I pull out my debit card and she tries to only take off like a month's worth of pro- products. I said, no, 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 no. I says, hold on. I said, um, I'm not going to be coming back here until I'm clear of this technology. I'm going to come back to you and I'm going to go back to Melinda and get a retest. So I'm not coming back here in a month to buy more products. And certainly I don't trust the mail systems. So let's just buy everything I need for six months. So I basically cleaned her out (laughs) and she walked me downstairs with, you know, bags and four huge briefcases full of herbs. And that night I went to a restaurant. It was hilarious. I pulled out all my herbs and I started taking 75 pills and more a day. And I was determined to get this stuff out of my body. Then I went home. And I called my friends and I said, all right, guys, no visitors. I'm working on a project. It's very important. And I have to stay focused. The problem is, is I wasn't only concerned about that. I was highly embarrassed because I was going to be attempting to build a Faraday cave. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and it's, it's ugly as sin. And there's pictures of it. I, I've actually divulged on how to build the thing in the part one, my story from targeted to free love is the answer DVD. The thing is in order to have the nanotech replicate itself, it has to be introduced to, um, in my case, it had to be introduced to by way of signals or other, there's now more advanced forms where it could be laser, it could be other forms of energy. But in my case, it was specific frequency. So I was like, I'm not an engineer. I know nothing about this stuff. So I'm going to throw everything against the wall and see what sticks and what works. So in the process of that, I got home. I went out to the bed, bath and beyond, and I bought two benches. That was actually Hildy's idea to buy the benches. And I put them side by side on the floor and I wrapped material all the way around me so I could turn it into like a miniature cave where I could crawl in and um, be at least during my sleeping hours away from the signals. Because if I could at least sleep without the signals bombarding my body, my body will at those times and and those hours when I'm sleeping recognize that the material's foreign and it will try to kick it out. The body would be like, oh, this is foreign. Get it out. Get it out. But during the day, when the signals are introduced, the nano is is being replicated through that. So I was like, all right, well, at least during my sleeping hours, if I could at least get it done this way, then I'm going to be in good shape to to clean this crap out of my body. So I put the... um, I I built the Faraday cave. I went down to the, when you're doing this stuff, you got to act normal and never tell people what you're really going through. That's the other thing. So I went down and I pretended I was involved in um, construction, dressed up in jeans and 
you know, whatever, and said, here, I'm trying to build uh, a roof for a shed. And this person, for some strange reason, wants it lead. But who am I? I'm just the one building it and I'm the one getting paid for it. So I need lead. Do you have any lead that I could use for roofing? They're like, well, of course. And I said, well, if I'm going to be carrying it, you need to cut it into smaller, you know, whatever. But even that was like 300 pounds. So there I am. I didn't want friends around because if they saw me, they would have said, you're nuts and we're reporting you. So I was like, you know, no friends, stay away. So I'm rolling up 300 pounds worth of lead into the house, cutting it myself with my hands, you know, with these plier, whatever these things were that I bought to cut it. And I just fashioned that all around with the other materials that I had. And here's how I found out that it worked. I bought the same machines, the same equipment that Melinda used on me to determine where the signal or how this, what the signals were. And I went into my cave with those machines, with those reading equipment, Jam 20 Pro, DS100, whatever, X-Tech or whatever it was. And I didn't buy those things to, to examine other people. I had no interest in that. All I wanted to do is see if my little cave was going to work. So and to monitor my progress, because when the nanomaterials break down in the body, um, they it will it's like a radio. You're going to break it. So it's incapable of rendering the signal. So I went into my cave and lo and behold, it was all the way down into the green and not into the red. So I was rejoicing. I'm like, this works. Praise God. This is awesome. Then I got on my hard core heavy duty regimen. Now, when someone has nanotechnology, especially if it's weaponized military grade, which is exactly what this was and what it is, and I'm going to get into the purposes for it, why they did this to me and what, what the materials were built for, it's, it's very important that everybody gets their, um, you, we've got to gather the evidence first before you clean your body out. So you need to first get frequency testing and all that. All the ABCs to the systematic measures that I used to reverse engineering what these guys did to me, I reverse engineered it and turn it into a system so that so that people who are going through this stuff can figure it out and, and fix it themselves, get it fixed with the help of God. Without God, I could never have gotten through this. So now at this point, praise God, five months or four months goes by, five months goes by. I go and I retest it and praise God, the signals were broken. And I'm going to read to you part of those results. And um, But before I get into the real results, I want to show you the problems first, okay? So let's first tell you the problem, uh, the findings. I had to go through very elaborate, very expensive testing. It took me over 400000 to cash to be able to figure out what was going on with me. Jeez. And think, oh, yeah, that's hardcore. That's hardcore. Um, to this day, I haven't had that replenished in any way. And um, but God is I believe God's going to find a way he's going to figure out what, what my needs are and address those issues, because I'm not making that kind of cash anymore, at least as of late. But here it is. What we have here is the results from the Raymond spectroscopy. And. Let's see here there. It's, it's in the conclusions, the, the summary itself. Actually, I want to find. First, uh, let's tie together um, what, what was specifically in my body. Then I'm going to give you what, what it was used for. So this is from 
The affidavit that Dr. Hildegard Staniger wrote in July of 2015, and I was reaching out to, under the Obama's administration. This is what happened to me under Obama. Uh, I was reaching out to see who, if there'd be any help for me. So I spent $5,000 on, on mailings. I, I faxed every congressman, senator, representative in our country, and then some. So this is only part of the file that was faxed out. This is from Dr. Hildegard's findings, the toxicologist. Uh, page four of the report. Specifically in Kiri Bernor's case, it was used, meaning nanotechnology, as a chemical weapon, a weapon of mass destruction with specific parameters used to give her rabbit fever, which is a bioweapon, leukemia, breast cancer, and colon cancer, as well as the use of nanosilicon CMOS MEMS, neurospheroid technology used to violate her privacy to damage her permanently and cause her death. Uh, now, keep in mind, I was hit nine times with this technology from the year 2011 up until late 2016 until Trump came into office. The second Trump came into office within five days of receiving my documentation, all of these attacks came to a screeching halt. But I'll get into that later. Kerry Burner was perfectly clear of this technology. And since recent tests of porphyrins, other tests pending as of the date of this affidavit has returned to show a presence of specific nanotechnology composed of hexocarboxyls that are specifically used to make porphyrin nanotubes used in hexagonal waveguides as reported in photomicrographs, etc. Uh, special request analysis dated June 6, 2015, were reintroduced back into her system that she never gave permission for this, that the use of it was for ter ter tor torture, terrorism, and hate crimes reasons against her due to Kiri Berner's unswerving faith in Christ without adherence to the Catholic faith tenets' recent conversion 2008 to orthodoxy, a heretical act as defined by the Roman Catholic dogmas. See that teaching? Extra Ecclesia Nulla Salus is going to come back into play into this story here. And as a means of retaliation by those who she witnessed against in a criminal trial in 2003 against a priest of the Cistercian Order of the Catholic Church. The earmarks of Jesuit attack are also seen in that Fordham University pioneered the use of nanotechnology and is one of the leading authorities on the subject. That according to Kiri Bernor's testimony, transcripts of the trial case number, etc., Commonwealth versus Joseph Chukong, that both priests who testified against her were either graduates, affiliates, or professors at Fordham University. Appian heard Kiri Berner mentioning her concern that this St. Joseph's Abbey in Spencer, Massachusetts was involved in that this same abbey had a founder by the name of J. Peter Grace, who is also known as one of the leaders involved in Project Paperclip, an operation that furnished a way to assist German doctors of the Third Reich evade the Nuremberg trials while also assisting with protecting those involved in mind control experiments. German scientists in 1934 developed nanotechnology as microbeads and other related technologies, as stated in Nanotechnology, a gentle introduction to the next big idea by Mark Ratner, Daniel Ratner, uh, Upper, uh, Upper Saddle River, New, New Jersey, uh, 2003. Appian believes Curie Burner to be of sound mind and that her concerns are legitimate. Appian has personally seen Department of Homeland Security, we call it Department of Homeland Security, Monitor meetings outside of the building when Kira Burner was present with Appian on Saturday, December 7, 2013. So that's only part of the report. The other part of the report that I'm going to read to you 
Um, and there's also uh, a timeline of 10 attempts and threats on my life to date. Um, that's actually um, available um, in, in because it's a visual thing. It's You can look on the Sister Curie Byrne or um, my YouTube channel, and I get into some of that with the pictures on the 10 attempts on my life. But the actual purpose of the first deployment of the nanotech is found here. And, and uh, this is part of the findings of the, of the Raymond spectroscopy that was used to determine what the materials were made of, where the frequencies were coming from, um, from what countries, what bases, and yes, there was a U.S. involvement. Um, but the purpose is for the first time, see, it took about a year and a half for these nanomaterials to assemble in my body because I didn't know what it was. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on in my body, so it took me a little while to figure it out. But here it is. It says here on Exhibit U, page 10, uh, integration of nanotechnology into the biosensory world to monitor or con control human life is where the line in the sand is drawn for the human being. The majority of high-impact technologies that utilize brain-computer interfaces as a neuronet, neurotree network, brain chip, or biosensor would be for the following purposes. Control and monitoring of the brain and bodily functions. Control and monitoring of the behavior of the individual, thoughts, and temperature. That's what explains the, the heat that I was experiencing. Sending and receiving verbal commands. Stimulation of bioelectrical transmission within neuron trees of the nerves. To be utilized as a listening device for remote sensing and monitoring. To be used as a transmitter for listening in on conversations within a specific area that the individual may be in where the device has been implanted in them. If there's a digital computer component to the device, it would be used to capture visual transmissions as a walking, talking, monitoring system, a high-tech extrinsic spying system, especially for military industrial espionage. Many other aspects, as well as aiding individuals with hearing, vision, and other neurological sensory impairment would be related to the multiple-use application of mesogenic liquid crystal pneumatics technology. Obviously, in my case, I didn't have any hearing or vision problems and didn't uh, acquiesce to this whatsoever. So this was the first purpose of the technology. And of course, for any photographs relating to stuff like this, I do have those in that uh, video, uh, Jesus Defeats Nanotechnology on my YouTube uh, channel, Sister Carrie uh, Bernor YouTube channel. So I can't show you visuals here, but at least you can refer to that on that video. The other part is when my car was broken into, this was in the year February 2015. I ended up, uh, a neighbor of mine knocked on my door and says, you, you, do you know that your garage door was left open? And I'm like, oh, well, thank you so much. Uh, so I went back there and noticed my car was broken into or it was, it was open. My car door was open. The change, I had two humongous bags of quarters, maybe even three. And that was removed from the car. And yet the real valuable things that were in that car, and there were valuable things in there, were not removed. So I was praying like the day after. And I took pictures of this. I didn't touch the car. I didn't do anything to it. I just took pictures of it. Then I 
um, in preparation because I was going to submit this. I submitted this to my two detectives, um, investigators, pardon me, private investigators, because I didn't feel comfortable introducing my situation to regular police because I didn't want them getting hurt if they were being introduced to a weapon because I knew they didn't, I, I didn't believe they were trained in this stuff. Now, hopefully nowadays things are going to develop in that arena. Um, I'm praying about making, um, getting the time to make this video. It's going to be a call to first responders and I'm going to get into what police and, and first responders and, uh, rescue and so forth can do to be able to protect themselves from something like this or to even detect it, you know, because I, I really feel badly for them. And the people in the hospitals, too, they don't have equipment right there on hand to know what the heck they're dealing with. So uh, at, at least as of this time, um, I didn't I, I kept this in-house to my people, to my specific team that I gathered around me. So I prayed about it. And the following day, God's like, listen, you need to go into your car, shut off all the lights and take pictures of what you're going to see. First, detect what's in there. Sure enough, fluorescent green dye shows up in the back. So if they have the, the car door open, they're trying to make it look like something's more important in the front seat. So I looked in the back seat and there it was, a fluorescent green dye on the carpet, which you can see in that video. And I cut the carpet out, sent it to Dr. Hildegard Staniger, who has access to labs. And here's the results. Because they stepped up their game. They didn't just want to go into controlling and monitoring me and having me listen to AM, FM radio sounds inside of my head. They had other plans because uh, I wasn't going along with things. And they were, they were really not happy that, that I became free of this stuff. So here it is, report 619-2015, report on exposure to designer innovative nanotechnology assessment area, vehicle and living facility. On or about February 26, 2015, our client, Ms. Kiri Berner, had a break into her, her, their vehicle, which was reported to private investigators for safety concerns. Goes on. The red container number one, which contained carpet material from the suspect vehicle, was positive for nanowires. It says further, I'm just trying to get past some of the medical terminology here. The client, um, oh, the analysis revealed specific materials that would induce colon cancer. In particular, she says above here, advanced nanomaterials, breast cancer and leukemia, more uh, doctor language here. Um, it each was used for uh, as a specific tag to induce and or monitor cancer mechanisms development. The analysis results indicate that the materials utilized were of a specific innovative nanotechnology delivery system with a specific intent, such as to give our client cancer at an accelerated rate of time. I was supposed to be dead within 45 to 60 days of some of these dispersals. And again, this happened to me nine times. And the reason for that was because after I cleared my body of the first attack, a friend of mine called me and said her husband had passed away. And uh, she asked me if we were going to go to Cabo together. And I was like, well, of course. And I was like, oh, no, I just promised her. And I'm like, what if they get me? And I'm thinking, well, no, they don't have the resources. I didn't know who I was dealing with here. <laughs> well, sure enough, uh, my friend leaves, you know, uh, she leaves and I had to stay extra long on the trip for ministry purposes 
So I stayed extra long in Cabo San Lucas. And when I came home, I was very sick. And so I did more testing and, and the timing of the test, Dr. Hildegard can time it to the day and the hour when this stuff went into your system. And uh, it's very advanced testing that she has access to. And it showed that uh, it was through it was through some form of dispersal. And uh, they basically I didn't have aliases to work properly to leave the borders of my of, of the United States. So that's why it happened. And so I was on the run, like I said, for uh, up until the year 2016, December. So those are just a few samples of of what this technology was the purposes were for it. it was flat out to kill me for a reason now the other thing that was important is that um i knew that eventually i was going to be threatened so in advance i approached a, a psychologist and asked him to do a psychological examination on me and to to render a report on to that effect so it's a very well done report. It is available on my website, clergyvictim.com. Go down to military nano, uh, military grade nanomaterials used in efforts to silence informant, and you'll see it. But basically, I'll just read the conclusions here. This was written by Dr. Benjamin Colidson, who is for over 30 years uh, a psychologist. He did a tremendous work job on this thing. Conclusions. SCADA systems are known to be able, and SCADA just basically means systems that basically operate all by themselves on their own, um, to be able to produce consciousness-altering remote effects as well as many other physiological and neurological effects. Given the validated presence of such advanced nanotechnological devices and monitoring activating frequencies detectable from a physical form, it is difficult to escape the conclusion that Ms. Bernor's report of her experience is in fact quite accurate and not delusional regarding remote external influences affecting her health. It does appear from review of verifiable evidence that she has been subjected to directed energy influences, surveillance, and poisonings with highly toxic materials since reported 2011 onset of symptoms. Ms. Berner's statements that St. Joseph's Abbey refused to recognize her initial charge of sexual abuse by Father Joseph Jukong controlled the court verdict by negating this charge through suppression of evidence also appears well documented. And it goes on. It says here... Um, her statements regarding widespread complicity with the Jesuit order in massive global conspiracy are a matter for legal experts to pass judgment on. Her arguments are well documented and historically referenced and do not appear to be irrational or delusional. They are findings of a spiritual seeker and whistleblower who believes she has constructed logical arguments for the conclusion she has arrived at through diligent and well documented research. She feels it is part of her spiritual work to do a part in exposing criminal activities she's reporting as directed against her personal, personal and humanity generally. Goes on. And then it says diagnosis or conclusion. <laughs> Post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, yeah, that's obvious. There is no diagnostic category in the DSMV Diagnostical and Statistical Manual of Mental Health Disorder, dis Mental Disorders that accurately describes neurological, physiological, psychological disruption and or impairment subsequent to continuous exposure to ex external influences of the nature described herein. Ms. Berner does appear to be linked to an externally operated SCADA system for reasons unknown. 
in this situation, which I'm not no longer linked because it's it's gone, it's no longer connecting, her full and complete diagnosis lies somewhere outside the boundaries of the categories defined by the DSMD and current psychiatric convention. Further evaluators of her condition need to access Ms. Berner's complete medical records, including H. Scott analysis test results, to avoid the mistake of categorizing her experience as a result of delusional thinking. Now, here's the deal. Why is this so important? Not everybody, a lot of people would say, well, you know, I'm not being introduced to nanotechnology weapons and so on and so forth. Well, here's the deal. Um, to some degree, everybody is, actually. And maybe they're not accelerated or innovative or designer nanoweapons. But they are in the food. It is in the municipal water supplies. It has been deployed against us through geoengineering and other things like that. What is, what is the real key to all of this? The goal, in my opinion, if Hillary Clinton got into office, everybody would be going through what I went through, those people who would not comply. The people I believe in my heart, too, and have actually firsthand knowledge that Obama had directives set in place against certain people that are Christians that were speaking out against, you know, certain things. And so um, this was definitely in the plan. This was in the make. This was something that was part of the design that was set against all people. And so back in 2013, I received a document. First, I found it on the Internet, just willy nilly researching. And I was like, oh, wow, I got to keep this. I don't know if this is real or not, but let me see if I could do some research on it. Then a few days later, I get an email from a guy, a friend of mine in, you know, badge carrying, whatever, Department of Defense. I'm thinking, well, if he thinks it's real, then it's got to be real. And then I had it confirmed later on by other sources subsequent to this. This is a document called, uh, let's see, DTFN Estimates for Nanodomestic Quell Phase 4 Updated Compliance. It's allegedly it was a classified document. Um, it was eyes only, but then it says approved for release. Who knows if that release was uh, to... Um, outside of these offices. But anyways, this ended up in someone else's hands. Um, I ended up going onto their website. I made an anonymous comment. I think it was a guy named Bill Weld or something like that. And I have that in, a, in my records here. But basically, I made an anonymous comment and the entire website was torn down, like ripped down. And the anonymous comments were removed and these documents were also removed. And so uh, people, many people have been suffering at the hands of having these documents. Well, here's what it says. Nanodomestic quell, revised estimates for nanodomestic quell protocols. This was in 2013 of June, uh, once again under Obama's administration. National nanodomestic quell protocols for phase four. DTFN estimated rates in phase four updated compliance for NDQ, current total infection rate for United States general population, 87.2%. Projected infection for general U.S. populace by January 2014 is estimated to reach 98%. Total infection for ages 18 and above may reach 99%. Again, keep in mind, this is in 2013, so I'm sure the numbers are higher here. DTFN projects dispersal mediums will require additional resources for phase four of NDQ. DTFN recommends an increase in the recommends an increase in the following medium inflows and outflows specific to liquid dispersal. 
Pepsi Cola, 9.9%. Nestle at ADR, 8.5%. Chicago Municipal, 5.1%. Atlanta Municipal, 4.4%. Denone, 4.2%. Coca-Cola, 4.1%. Los Angeles Municipal, 2.9%. Seattle Municipal, 1.0%. Dispersal outflows have shown significant improvement in population infection rates. That's a scary thing to actually read that. Dispersal outflows have shown a significant improvement in population infection rates. Recommended inflow increases deployed in October 2012 resulted in a net increase of infection rates by 0.82%, slightly exceeding projections. DTFN assures DOD compliance for phase four will be completed one week ahead of schedule. Obviously, DOD is uh, being pushed around by whoever DTFN is. No further recommendations have been submitted by DTFN for Phase 5. An expected update to outflow estimated rates will be forthcoming before Phase 5 initialization. And in my opinion, Phase 5 is the introduction to the 5G, to the terahertz, to other kinds of military signals in order to have the nanotechnology in the body replicate. Now, some people might say, well, that's not a real document. It's not really classified. Um, I can tell you this. This is what I can tell you. There's a website called Center for Food Safety, centerforfoodsafety.org. When you go to their website and you type in, you do research on Pepsi, Cola, Nestle, Danone, Coca-Cola. Actually, Coca-Cola wasn't listed in there, but I went to their own website. And Coca-Cola does admit to putting nanotechnology in their products and says it's harmless. Wow. Wow. So... Centerforfoodsafety.org, uh, wonderful, but they're confirming that this, if it's a DOD document or whatever it is, um, that their data is correct, that these things do, in fact, have nanotechnology. And I tried to take screenshots of that, and sometime I'll get the time to hopefully make a video about it, but I took screenshots of that back in 2013, and then I tried to log on, and I... It, let's just put it this way. The page was being shut down. If I tried to access it now, the page, I, I have the screenshot showing that something happened to the server and I can't access it or something like that. So I have before and after evidence from Center for Food Safety verifying that this document, whoever it is, DOD or whoever they are, they're not lying about the material in it. And I personally believe Based upon my contacts, and I have spook contacts in my life, for some reason, God puts these people in my life, and they're highly reliable sources. Uh, they love America deeply. I, I believe this is true, unless otherwise verified. I'm going to see if there's a way to verify it, but uh, at least certainly the data in it is true. So we need to be paying attention to that. So what I did was... Um, I went and I got a service mark, no nano for foods. Uh, and I basically created, you know, I could go on and on and on. I mean, I have articles. I have the whole proof. I mean, there's a doctor here. <laughs> doctor, it says here, Dr. David Bennett, who is a veter veteran biochemist working on a European Commission project. On the ethics of nanotechnology is quoted saying very little risk assessment has been done on this area regarding putting it into our foods, okay? Even on some products already entering the market, and it's open question whether it will be done, the lack of proper assessment of nanotechnology, quote, scares me shitless. 
All right. And I have article upon article upon article. And um, it just keeps showing, you know, that what is it? June 17, 2009, article by Food Navigators quoted saying nanotechnology is the new asbestos. You can go to my YouTube video. I think it's what, 302,000 views on it. It's only been up since August. And um, there's some drop in the drop down on YouTube. You can actually access some of these articles. I put it down into the description, but it's X none. Um, X none exposes Jesuits and shares remedies, a call, an urgent call to all Americans. The reason I say an urgent call to all Americans is because this nano domestic well was about America, and I don't have any documents from another country saying that. So, yes, I, I am aware that there's other countries that are dealing with the same problems, but I, I call it an, an urgent call to all Americans because of that DOD document, alleged DOD document, whatever it is. We're going to get that all confirmed. Um, so this is something, what is the bigger picture behind putting the nanotech in the foods? Well, everybody was supposed to be connected to an AI singularity. There is the demonic side to all of this is to connect all people, all living mankind to this AI singularity. And it's interesting. It's the devil trying to mimic the connections we already metaphysically have. We already all of us have a bioenergy energetic field. And a wonderful teacher on this topic is Greg Braden or Braden. He gets into this kind of stuff on the metaphysical and science level. But basically what they're trying to do is have us all plugged into this AI system. And it's it's for the purposes of transhumanism to, to basically change our genetics so we're no longer human. They want us to advance to something so different from who we are. Why? Because we have the image of God in us. And whoever's behind all this digital world, this is all exposed in wonderful people like Chuck Missler, L.A. Marzulli, Tom Horn, uh, Stephen Quayle, Genesis, Genesis 6 Productions, Tony Alberino, they call him Albino. Uh, these guys are getting into the stuff and they're actually the milieu. They're called the milieu for a reason because the major scientific community is calling them the enemy. And yet the top people involved in AI, artificial intelligence, Dr. Hugo de Garris gets up in front of these Christians and his heart is warmed towards them as a scientist because these people are not in agreement with having AI systems take over our world because we're already we're experiencing the problems of this AI. AI is many, 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 many times more brilliant, okay, than, than humanity is. And so with it being unchecked, there, there's, a, there's some serious consequences, and it will be to the detriment of mankind. Mankind will not exist if AI takes over. Now, how is this happening now? For instance, with the stuff that's happened to Alex Jones, and he was kicked off, and who, nobody's perfect. But the point is, if someone could take him out of, the, out of his big audience, and then it goes from, to Michael Savage and all these other people, and even to me, my my banking systems, like I tried to sign up for Vimeo or Vimeo videos. They wrote to me and apologized because something in their system kicked me off from being able to access them, even though I paid for everything. Of course, they gave me my money back. 
But even, I mean, I'm in my, my emails all within one week, banking, PayPal, um, everything got weird. My, 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 uh, website hosting, I called them up and they said, sister, something really weird is going on. And now that I'm looking at your website, he says, um, this is, this is my web hosting people. This is the ones that these are the guys that help me. I never told them what I did. I said, I, I innocently called and said, I think I'm having a problem. <laughs> they said, um, yeah, this is more serious than what you're, you're saying. And now I'm looking at your website. He says, don't ever quit what you're doing. We're up behind you 100%. We're sorry you're going through this, but they've actually come in through our servers and messed up, tried to mess up your website. So that's my own web hosting company. And I recorded that conversation because a lot of people won't believe it. So my point is to say all this is AI systems are already running amok right now against people that are standing up for the truth, people that are against globalism, people that are Christians, people that are libertarians, people that are for freedom, people that love our country. It's in anyone who's involved with supporting Trump. The point is, these are the ones that are being attacked. And, and, and even mainstream, you know, is some people in the mainstream are in disagreement with that. Right. Like Jordan Peterson, Peterson is like, this ain't right. We can't be doing this, you know? So, um, all of that to say, now let's go back to the positive side of the story. Um, there is a report indicating, and I believe I have my fingertips on it. That I, in fact, am free of this technology. And I, I, you know, the Lord God has allowed me to become free of this. And I believe it's to warn everybody. This matter, even though one may not feel that it matters now, if we don't do something now about it, everybody's going to have what I went through happen to them. They already have nanotechnology in the vaccines and they're putting it in kids. And they're already undergoing having tinnitus issues at the age of four and five. This is a problem. The nanotechnology is a very serious problem. It's a weapon. And I can tell you, um, I'm very aware that um, why would Trump operate in such a manner to try to, 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 to put this program to a stop in regards to me? And then the other people I was helping behind the scenes for two years, he stopped the threats against their lives. You know, so what, what is this? So Trump knows about this stuff. I sent him these communications way back when he was on the campaign trail. Um, thank God I did. And then I ended up meeting some of the people connected to him. And they said, yeah, uh, Trump definitely knows about this stuff. And he's dead set against it. Um, so I've, give, I've said a lot of things. But basically, for the results, as far as the, the end result, um, basically, it says there's been a total turnaround in in the results after I finished the cleansing um, and that there were no signals found, no more signals found going to uh, go, coming from my body. The signal was going to my body because I had to continue to break up the material. And then um, I actually had the evidence of what the signals were for. And uh, bottom line, I got this from a sonic weapons uh, expert, and um, this is only the portion I'm allowed to read. 
It says the subject's address is confirmed to be targeted by multiple frequencies combined within a complex combination of delivery waveforms. The waveforms targeting the area are both HIFU and ELFU um, that appear to be modulated to deliver some form of data as the packets that are encoded in the modulation are sweeping across frequencies and repeat at regular intervals. It is my assertion that there is some sort of message being delivered. Then he says further. Uh, I personally experienced the pain, anxiety, and paranoia associated with, with the delivery at the target site. In my professional experience, those feelings are the simplest form of torture associated with these sorts of weapons. I do contend the weapon, uh, the use of a weapon in this case. And then it goes on and on and on. But my point is to say is that this was definitely something that was in the plan for everybody. For those who want to access the report proving my success, it's on my website, and it's on the tab uh, on the left-hand side, and it says the, the success results tab. It's right there. So if you click onto that, you can actually download the documents and read them for yourself. But Dr. Hildegard says in the year 2013, after I did all the protocols, that I am now 100% clear of this technology. So if God can allow me a woman that just wanted to pray and love God all day to beat this big machine with, by the grace of God, by the grace of God, putting people in my life, then we, I think God is allowing a tremendous open time of mercy for all of humanity, but we all need to do something about it. And I can tell you right now, I do need donations. I've been working at this. I've spent all of my own funds on developing the DVDs. I literally did not make one penny yet on that. It's in my heart to get the remedy out there, but I don't have supporters yet. I don't have anybody donating to me monthly. So if you, if anyone wants to donate, go to the donations page. The PayPal button is working, and PayPal even said, we'll continue to work with you. We'll do whatever we can to help you. Uh, they also recognize some anomalies, so they're helping me get through that. For those who'd rather donate another in another way, I have other mechanisms. You can email me ctwh at protonmail.ch or targeted to free at protonmail.com, targeted T-A-R-G-E-T-E-D-E-D to the number two free F-R-E-E uh, at protonmail.com. And you can also, if you want to purchase my book, just let me know and I'll send you the link on the 22nd on either the status and the update to purchasing it. I need 25 minimum orders to be able to do all this. I literally, I'm telling you, I spent all of my own funds and I'm, I still have to finish the DVD part two of the series and I'm determined to get that done. But I, I can't keep doing this unless I can get some help and I need your help. So uh, I hope this is all helpful to you. I believe God's allowing us a tremendous time of mercy where we can triumph over this and we don't have to tolerate this. And while uh, while the sun is shining, I think we all need to move quickly so we don't have to see the generations to follow dealing with this stuff. At least if we can help it, we, we got to do something about it. So do you have any questions? Because I've certainly rambled on. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, yeah, no, I appreciate you sharing the story. And like I said in the beginning, I wanted you to have the opportunity to really just share your story without interruption and let you kind of really vent and get it all out because I think that's very effective for listeners to be able to hear somebody share a story like yours in completion without somebody interrupting you and taking you off your train of thought and things like that. You mentioned about, you know, Alex Jones being taken off and, and many others. Uh, they, they were doing things like that to everybody. There were so many people that they were doing it to. Uh, even like there's somebody named Abby Martin, who I believe she's a, a left wing uh, reporter, but she was saying things and stepping on toes that they didn't like. And they censored her. They took her off YouTube. I think they took her off of iTunes and different things like that. Uh, this is something that I, I, I was very glad that you were able to share your story today because it really points in the direction that I feel personally that a lot of this stuff kind of ties together where, you know, you got this uh, satanic ritual abuse you mentioned earlier and stuff. And then you have the deep state, you have the nanotech, you have the AI, you have all this other stuff. And it seems like it's all coming together. And for people who hear about this stuff, you, you hear different pieces at different times of your day and the week and things like that, that when you're looking into things, it's hard to draw a whole picture as to what, how does this all relate to each other? And it very much does. There's a lot of these things that are coming together now. And you did a great job of drawing the picture because this stuff does relate to each other. And there are a lot of key things that if you start piecing it together, it's going to be like a light bulb goes on your head and it's like, aha, I see. And I, I think that your story and what you went through uh, really depicts that from top to bottom, the the corruption in, you know, the, let's just say the the religious side of things. I mean, because certainly there are uh, many other religions that have corruption as well. And then you have it uh, tied in with the Vatican and the Vatican tied in with the government, the deep state. And earlier you had mentioned to me uh, before we even went on air about the Rockefellers looking in at your website. Could you could you share about that at all? Absolutely. Thanks for reminding me. And <laughs> um, in, in, in addition to that, I do want to close up the loop on when I was saying that because of my faith, because of my belief in that I'm no longer an adherent to the Catholic faith tenets, in line with what Kay Griggs was saying, in line with how Kay Griggs was saying that the Jesuits have taken over our armed forces. Now, things are changing along those lines. Since Trump's been in office, it's been a beautiful thing. Trust me, there's no love affair between Trump and the Pope. On on my website, when you go to military-grade nanotechnology used in efforts to silence informants, you're going to find a document on that page that actually depicts um, an email that was sent from me to me. Now, I know I didn't send it to myself, okay? And in the heading was the word F-A-E-R-D. And when I called, when I looked down onto the photograph, in the email, it says politically incorrect gaming. So they're gaming for people. Okay. And it says here, seven days to die, part two, back to where it all began. Seven days to die, part one. Sorry about the audio delay. Now, this is all using um, games like video games. So I was like, all right, this is really weird. I don't know if I need to take this as a threat, but I don't know who sent this to me because I know I didn't send it to myself. I don't know what meat means. So I put two uh, private investigators on it. They looked up the IP, the address, actually where the email came from, and it pings to two locations. One, 
was the Department of Defense Network Information Center, and that's in, uh, I believe, Miami. The other one was 25 minutes from my house. Then the investigator looked it up in some Nordic meaning or some real ancient meaning. F-A-E-R-D comes from the word heretic. So there is a teaching that St. Thomas Aquinas, in his writing in the Summa Theologica, says that all heretics need to be killed. They need to die. They do not, they need to be severed from this world is his exact quote. And this is a teaching that the Jesuits still believe and it's proclaimed in their, in their, their vow, in their uh, extreme oath or their vow. And it's also in the Knights of Columbus vow. I actually have that. I actually saw a real, a real copy of it. Not a copy, but a real physical document that the real one, the original. I couldn't believe it. So that ties that piece together. Now I'm going to go into briefly before we get into the other topic, which is a lot of fun. I'm going to go into the fact that most people would say, oh, my God, you have a story and it shows so much proof and you could totally win in court. If you put this up and you've got a lawyer, you have all the proof in the pudding. You've got science. You've got documents. You have intelligence operatives texting you emails showing that the signals that Melinda Kidder found traced to a drone. I have I actually have recordings of operatives telling me it traces to a drone from Lockheed Martin. So I have more proof than anybody in the world on this stuff. And people would say, but my God, you don't, what it, can't you just go to court and win? And here's the thing. Dr. Hildegard Staniger shared with me about a fellow that she knew who was able to help somebody else in the situation. She gave me the name and said, why don't you try reaching out to this guy named Daniel P. Sheehan? And I said, wow, this, this guy's got a lot of guts. You know, if he's helping other people get out of this problem and he got them a settlement for over $100 million, then why don't I look into him? He's got courage. He's got guts. Well, sure enough, I go look him up. Unbelievable. He's a Jesuit. He's the general counsel for the Jesuits. I'm like, um, sorry, Hildy, there's a conflict of interest here. I can't reach out to this guy. He probably would take all my data, knowingly or unknowingly, who knows who's tapped into his computers, and connect all of that to the manufacturer so they know how to perfect the technology against the victims. I said, I can't do that. So, But I did try to be diplomatic. So I said, okay, well, I can't work with him, and I'm not judging him. I'm not saying he's an evil person. But I just, you know, you know, you do the best you can. So now I reached out to attorneys. I wrote a resolutions for peace for request for settlement discussions. I had uh, several attorneys and counselors on my team in the year of 2016. And Robert Brain Associates is one of them. He's an elderly guy, but his courage is unbelievable. I'm like, and he, he I held his hand. I was like, He's like, sister, I am admitting to you, I am afraid to die. I will admit that. I said, well, if this gets hairy, then I'm going to fire you. So don't worry. I'm going to take it. I'm not letting you, you know, take the bullet or whatever from me. I'm not, that's just not how I work. If I can help it, I'm, if I'm aware of stuff, you know. So I had him and I had top attorneys. Like I was talking with the top ones involved in even getting Bill Clinton impeached. And I had, uh, 
a, a council that was just wonderful. I had like four or five of these awesome team on my team. Well, and I even carbon copied. So my lawyer wrote to um, to the Abbey. He was like the main one in charge. And he was about, he was the guy setting up the dates and the times to talk and all that sort of stuff. So Robert sends out the letters, letters to all of these different entities that were involved where the, the nanotechnology traced to them in some way, form or fashion. And particularly St. Joseph's Abbey is the, the impetus for all of this, the hub of it. Uh, and he writes and he says, um, dear Damien Carr at L and he's got the little heading on the top. I'll be calling the Abbey on Wednesday, March 23rd, 2016 at 2 PM Eastern standard time for the purpose of initiating negotiations to settle the claims of sister Curie Brunner against the Abbey and all the many other players who have had a part in damaging her. I ask you that you have your legal counsel present, if any, present for the call. I'm also inviting the Pope or His Holiness emissary to join us. This notice is going to His Holiness by way of International Express Mail, but if you have inside channels, I would ensure he receives notice timely. Please access those for this matter. If the above is not time is not convenient, please offer times more conducive to your needs. We will do our best to accommodate. Sincerely, Robert Gray. Carbon copy is holiness, Pope Francis, etc. So I drew up all of these resolutions. Timothy Wickstrom, who's the attorneys, uh, the attorneys for St. Joseph's Abbey, called back Robert Gray and says, hey, we'll sit down. Let's get together within five weeks. We'll you know, go up to Boston. We'll sit down and discuss it. And now I'm getting excited. I'm like, oh, my God, if this is all we needed to do is just to find a way out, give them a way out to settle this thing then I'm happy to do it. I don't have any, I don't hate the Abbey. I pray for them every day. And I still believe in my heart that God has good plans for them, but they need to clean up their own house over there and, and stop acquiescing, you know, stop acquiescing to this stuff. Uh, and the only way to know it is if it's exposed. So, um, so when I reached out, we did all that. I used to, I even had uh, carbon copied with unknown attorneys because I didn't want them getting threatened and I could have utilized them in the future. So some people actually thought certain attorneys were on our team that were not. And there's rumors going around and bottom line, the ones that were wrote, the one that was rumored to be on my team, which he was a, a certainly a thought for the more sophisticated elements of the evidence part, but I didn't make any formal uh, overtures to the attorney just yet, but he was on the list. They, they waited outside this guy's house and beat him with a baseball bat, nearly severed his spinal column, his cord. Wow. So wow. then the, this one, this attorney, he started getting sick with some kind of pneumonia. I'm like, no, no, no. What's going on? Then my other attorney, his wife had a stroke. And then the other one, something really whack job happened, which I, I shouldn't get into. But I'm just like, what the heck's going on here? Then I reached out to this um, at the same time. I reached out to the Beasley firm and these guys handle over $200 million cases. And mine was 241 million is what the Abbey owed me in accordance with their, uh, uh, with their agreement by way of um, official postings and notices and paper and stuff like that. And uh, I wanted to convert that 241 million claim to a proper settlement to get the opportunity to sit in front of them and let's settle this thing, you know, but here's the deal. The problem is, and you can get these these legal documents. They're on the bottom of that page. Um, they're on the bottom of the military-grade nanotechnology weapons page. When you go to clergyvictim.com, scroll all the way to the bottom and download them. Look at the, the documents yourself. 
there's really strange things going on here. Then I find out that St. Joseph's Abbey, basically, I clipped a sequence of their video. And the video is called Always in His Presence. Uh, and I screenshotted a, a certain se a sequence. And um, 7 14, 2015, they had this Always in His Presence. It's like a marketing tool to bring in more monks. And I found it very strange that this guy at a. Uh, in his little lab, he's dressed up like a monk. He's got, you know, white cuffs on in the video. And he's he's looking under a microscope. And he's got an $8,000 Rolex watch on his arm. <laughs> I'm like, what? Now, I didn't know that because I don't know anything about Rolexes. My lawyer knew it. He's like, I have the exact same watch. See? And he pulls it out of, on his own wrist. I'm like, cut it out. That's a nice watch. And he said, like, I know, I know, it's a very nice watch. I bought it for 8000 bucks. What is this monk doing? And so we basically published an, uh, an article that says basically the CIA was a, the, the St. Joseph's Abbey was a CIA front. And it, they, they had, that's why there was a whole slew of victims of clergy abuse. They were, they, this was all determined. This is part of the plan. The globalists, and now... You know, I'm not judging every monk in there. You've got to have good monks in order to have a good cover, right? So you've got to have the good guys. And then you have the little, you know, the ones that need repentance in the back. And so uh, the background, using the good guys as a cover, you know, like bringing in, uh, you know, a child. And the child's the one who's got the bombs on it. You know, that, that's just so wrong what they're doing here. So then in light of your question, I, during this because I read to you the, law, the lawyer's note. I read to you that during uh, 2016 of March, uh, they, the, the Abby and I, we, we were going to sit down and talk. We were going to have an agreement. So the letter went out. So March 23rd was the very day, March 23rd, 2016, Robert W. Gray and Associates, he says, we're going to have this meeting with, with President Damien Carr, the Abbott, and his attorneys, well, guess who, on the 23rd of March of 2016, is downloading stuff off of my website, Rockefeller Group Technology Solutions, New York, United States, 23 March at 4.11 p.m. And they're looking up this link called clergyvictim.com backslash who is underscore is underscore j underscore peter underscore grace dot html. This was a, a close. I didn't even have this published at the time. It was just private. I just typed it in. And someday I was going to publish about J.P. to Grace. Well, now it's up and it's available. Who's J.P. to Grace? Go for it. It's on my website. Rockefellers should know who the heck this guy is. They work together. J.P. to Grace and the Rockefellers are all together. Birds of a feather. So then I went and I did more research. Bottom line, the people who funded the building of St. Joseph's Abbey are the lead globalists advocating for the destruction of all mankind through these programs like nanotechnology. And I even mentioned that uh, the concern that St. Joseph's Abbey uh, has a beer factory and they built this beer factory using, uh, they, they had what, uh, DOD contractors involved. And it's like, wait, what the heck are you doing? You could, you could build a beer factory in a barn. Why does it have to be a state-of-the-art building like this? So then, uh, 
moving forward, I'm like, there's something going on here. There's something really not good happening here. And so I had a concern about their beer and had it, I had it looked into. And there's enough data in there to see that there's some problematic things. And I'm not going to reveal that because I believe I can tell you right now that which is in the results are problematic. And it's enough where, you know what? I actually had compassion for them because if they're drinking their own beer and something in their beer was problematic, then they're victims too. And that's when I realized, okay, there's a bigger picture, not even that the monks understand about their own situation. And that's what gives me pain. That's what causes me pain. These good guys that are going in there, they just want to love God just like I do. But then some of them will tell me that they've got priests literally pushing down the door to try to get in their bedroom at nighttime. See? So there's good guys there. Um, and how this all connects is uh, the Rockefeller UFO briefing document. Now, this is one of their pet projects. The Rockefeller Initiative Stephen Greer's Disclosure Project website is Pro Project Starlight. Uh, you can see a free video on, I think it's Netflix, where um, Stephen Greer features, it's called Unacknowledged. It's about the unacknowledged programs. And you're going to see a lot of good information about what this Dr. Greer is doing. And he's also involved in the ITNJ. He has a view that these beings, uh, these uh, interplanetary or interdimensional beings are harmless and that humans are the problem, where, in fact, I really can't agree with him on that because there's the books, of, the writings in the books of Enoch, which are also referenced in the canonical scriptures, tell me that we're dealing with something spiritual and that the that its spiritual uh, origins are very dangerous. That um, if the Vatican has Project Lu Lucifer on Mount Graham and they're looking out into the sky, and you have a priest and his name was Father Malachi Martin exposed this truth on coast to coast, saying that this Project Lucifer is looking for something that's going to have a very large impact on our on the future of the world and all humanity. And then later is killed for saying these things. Okay, uh, he was a Jesuit, but he also exposed way too many things before the time that they wanted it exposed. Then I have operatives from the Department of Defense text messaging me, asking me about this Project Lucifer stuff after they give me evidence because some of the DOD people were saying, oh, no, no, Hilda, Dr. Hildegard is, is a nut. She's nuts. She's not, there's no nano in your body. I said, let's pretend you're right. And if she's nuts, I'm going to sue her. But I said, here's the deal. <laughs> Why don't I give you the samples from the chain of custody? And then I'm going to give you samples from my head. And you tell me if we're nuts. Sure enough, I get a text message from him. And he says, this is in March. All this information went to Trump, okay, within five days of his you know, in 2016, December, all this information went to, and I gave them all the ways to verify its truth. Here it says, he says here, uh, the samples um, he received from me of nanomaterials found in my scalp are a different thing altogether. Now put it under the scope in the morning. Then he looks it up and he says, um, the REEs, as far as the rare earth uh, are concerned, 
I don't have enough to say, but it appears to be an alloy of some sort, not surprising, and quite possibly might be a gallium base with minor amounts of indium and neodymium, but except for gallium and guessing by shape. And he goes on and on saying, you need to stop being a shit disturber. The Vatican and the Jesuits will give me 100 to $200 million. He says that. I have it recorded. People keep saying, well, that's not true, blah, blah, blah. I gave all this to Trump. He has it. He knows it's true. Otherwise, I'd be dead as a doornail. I'd be in the bliss of God right now versus on this earth. So why am I saying this? Because this all ties together. Why would this DOD guy text me back about the big telescopes in Arizona if, if none of this even matters? So I exposed all that. The Pope has a desire to expose and participate in this disclosure pro project in order to bring in all of these uh, advanced energies so that we could be beholden to our new masters and the gods who created us. That's what these Sumerian people say. That's what a lot of these people in the UFO community say. It's based upon the lies of Zechariah Sitchin. Zechariah was hand in glove, paid for, and in the pocket of the Vatican. Leo Zagami gets into this on Project Paper, Paper uh, Project, pardon me, Project Camelot, pardon me, Precious uh, Camelot. And he gets into this whole thing, and Zechariah hung out with Carlo Balducci, who is the head uh, leading exorcist in the Vatican. And they were all involved in Vatican, um, in, in the satanic rituals together. I mean, this is... The writings of the Sumerians, the demonic writings of the demonic Sumerians, that's what these people, these entities are. They're beings that existed long before mankind even came on this planet. We came here approximately six to 7,000 years old, years ago. That's it. These beings were here before us. And yet God says to us, we have dominion in the book of Genesis. So these beings are saying, no, up yours. You don't have no dominion. We're going to take it from you and get you to give your birthright to us. And that's what's happened. These beings are the ones that wrote the law in Black's Law Dictionary, calling human beings monsters. They're the ones who took over the DOD in 1933. This is all backed up in the right, in the, uh, this is all, this is all backed up at the time of Eisenhower. All of the, 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 the dots totally connect here. So the Rockefellers and this whole disclosure project here, this disclosure movement, is based upon these beings coming down to save our butts. They're going to come down and save humanity. They're going to do a global reset. They're going to help us. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. When in the end, if you look at the teachings of the, and all the people involved in this project, like Henry Kissinger, um, you look, you look at the readings of, there's <laughs> his, this, the, I love this guy. This guy's, um, re redefininggod.com. He says, um, according to Lawrence Rockefeller's, Rockefeller's bio, uh, it goes on, you know, in 1937, he inherited his grandfather's seat on the New York Stock Exchange. He served as founding trustee of Rockefeller Brothers Fund for 42 years and from its inception, 1940 to 1982. During this time, he also served as president, et cetera, as chairman, so on and so forth. Um, Longer than any other leader in the fund's history, he was also a founding trustee of the Rockefeller Family Fund from 1967 to 1977. So not only was Lawrence deeply involved in the financial industry, because keep in mind, uh, Greer mentions Lawrence as a wonderful, this wonderful. Uh, he, uh, he, but he was also he was also among the founders of the Rockefeller's Brothers Fund and the Rockefeller Family Fund. 
these funds are notorious for advancing globalist aims under the pretense of philanthropy. Lawrence also served on the Rockefeller Brothers Fund Special Studies Project. This is all tied in together into how they want all of us to be tied into their AI singularity. That's what this is all about. And the nanotech is it, it could heal people. It could, you know, really help people and it can hurt people. So they'll use this technology to get people to say, wow, you know, you're standing in, in, the, in our path to progress. You're blocking our, our path to progress. We need to kill all these Christians because they're not in alignment with us becoming free and living longer and not having sickness. They're, they're mean people. They won't even let us do blah, blah, blah. Yet when you look to the deeper programs here, it's going to obliterate humanity. And so the Rockefeller plan for BRICS, New World Order, in their own words, there's a book, Prospects for America, The Problems and Opportunities Confronting American Democracy and Foreign Policy and Military Preparedness and, and Education and Social and Economic Affairs, the Rockefeller Panel reports. This is, uh, this is a book that when you read it, let's see, it says here, Upon reading this, I ordered a, a prospect for America. This is the same website, redefininggod.com. I don't necessarily agree with everything he's written, but really this is, this is barking up the right tree. And it is exactly what I expected, a blueprint for using the United States as a tool to help build the new world order. And it goes on. Here's a snippet from page 35. Let us try then from that book, Prospect for America. To say briefly what this panel has in mind when it speaks of the opportunity before America of helping to shape a new world order. So this is what they want. Lawrence, so as you can see, Lawrence was deeply involved in pursuing the Rockefeller's family's globalist objectives. And another video that came out, oh, of course, and it says further down here, at that time, and it goes into uh, being an Illuminati family, the Rockefellers are involved in all three aspects of the UFO phenomenon, the black budget part, the government cover-up part, and the public disclosure part. In putting disclosure a pitting disclosure, demanding citizens against secrecy, maintaining governments. The elite are creating a conflict that will find resolution when the new world order and disclosure are publicly unveiled. At that time, the U.S. government, the paperclip Nazis, the Zionists in the West will be blamed for secrecy, while the BRICS in the East will be credited with revealing the truth. UFO disclosure is just another aspect. The West is bad. The East is good propaganda effort being used to usher in the, the, the new world order. And it gets in. And it says the Vatican is preparing to introduce the Anunnaki to us. And this is all ex explicated in the book Exo Vaticana. And it's uh, Tom Horn and Chris Putnam exposes all of this. And, of course, Putnam, I believe, was offed. Okay. And it goes further and further. You can do more and more and more research here. But um, bottom line, uh, these are not – these are – in. They're not extraterrestrial beings in the sense of that traditional use of the words. In my opinion, the Book of Enoch explains this. People like Trey Smith on YouTube, it gets into entities. It gets into the paranormal. Uh, it, he gets into the history of how this stuff works, into the Book of Enoch, into the Noah, into uh, the new videos that are out there now by Chuck uh, Missler and Tom Horn. There's volume one off the record by Skywatch TV, Dark Transcendence by Chuck Missler and Dr. Thomas Horn. Very good information. Um, it's all out there. It's just putting the dots together so you can see the big picture. Now, as far as the ultimate plan, 
that really is well illustrated projects um stargate and and these these very some of these can be depressing so what i would say is if you get engaged in in looking into this subject matter all i can say is is i hope my story can give mankind hope because once again it's not me god is the one that's operated through me to bring this remedy to you. And if I didn't have the way to communicate on secure lines or do all the things that I'm doing, none of this information would have made it to you. I would have gone to the grave with this information. So I just believe God's mercy. And I also believe that uh, Trump is against this stuff. And that's why they hate him so much to the point where they want to try to crash our economy. I know he had to blow up the bubble. I get all that. But the point is, is they really have it in for him because he doesn't want to play their game the way they, 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 he want, they want him to play it. So did that answer the question or should I go further into anything else on that? <laughs> no, I think you're doing fine. I think you're doing fine. Uh, you, you know, you mentioned the book of Enoch and stuff and I, I kind of caught me off guard because I wasn't really expecting that to be brought up in the conversation, but, uh, you know, I very much am a proponent of that book, and I don't get caught up in the argument of it should it be in the canon or not. But uh, I do reference it a lot, and uh, I wanted to know what your thoughts were on that. As far as like the book of Can- book of Enoch, uh, is it, it sounds like it's a very big reference tool for you. Absolutely. I mean, as an Orthodox Christian, the Orthodox Christians uh, in Ethiopia still read from that book, and it's not right. a part of the canon. But that's due to, well, first, it is referred to in the book of Jude and other canonically approved books. But the content, it's like, to me, it's like the, the key. It's, the, it's the, the backdrop to being able to understand um, the historicity of where, you know, culturally, where the apostles are coming from when certain things are brought up. You know, it's like none of that makes sense unless we have an understanding that these beings were here before us. And this whole study of pharmacia and, um, you know, the demonic, why would it be wrong in, in, in these scriptures? It says it's wrong for us to be involved in certain kinds of drugs. And yet the book of Enoch just says, simply says, well, here's the reason why. Because it opens up portals. It opens up other dimensions. All these other ones that say they have good experience with ayahuasca experiences and stuff like that. There's been people who died and didn't come out of that stuff. And so... You know, the more you study, it's very important to study the occult. It's important to study the dark side. And that's why I spent a long time getting involved with Leo Zagami. Okay. And I'm not saying he's perfect and that he's not a double agent or anything like that. Everyone does the best they can. Okay. And in his situation, having compassion on him because he went through horrible things, I still don't excuse him on certain things. But on the other hand, I'm like, you know what? He made it. And now he's exposing the Vatican for what it really is. So because I knew him back in 2008 when they threatened his kid and his family. So it's going to be normal that he's going to have to uh, foil his own operations in order to live long enough to get his story out there. I totally respect that. So when people study the depths of the occult, um, it, it really helps to be able to understand what direction the globalists are trying to point us into. And the globalists are basically just taking commands from these beings that they say are wonderful when they're not, they're demonic and they hate, they hate our guts more than anything. That's why they, that's why they want to destroy our humanity down to the very DNA strands, down to the genetics by way of having the nanotech completely destroy it. 
see, when people take the mark in the hand and in the head, and that's going to have to be of their own free will, I believe it's going to be part of this upgrade into uh, into the trans the transhuman agenda. I believe it's going to be part of that, and so yeah, I do too. It's it's going to destroy their humanity. It's going to take away their capability. Christ only came down to save humankind, and in the Book of Enoch, it's clear that you know Christ only came to you know that that God is only going to redeem mankind. So so when when the, these demons asked the humans to pray, God said, no, it's supposed to be the other way around. You're supposed to be serving them. So he said, no, you're, you're barred forever from from eternity with me in that capacity. And so there's just there's this understanding. And that's why these beings hate us that much. It's they, we've got to really I don't believe I ever would have gotten through this experience with the nanotech and the weaponized and being poisoned over nine times and threatened and. I mean, even at gunpoint, okay, uh, by by the deep state. I was in situations where I was I was confronted directly, and I had to be very diplomatic to get through all that situation. But I believe in my heart that this is stuff that's that's been in the make, and I have two people, two operatives, telling me that. Because I opened my big fat mouth, I destroyed a 200-year-old plan. That's recorded. Sent to Trump. So I, I was ignorant. I didn't know. I had no idea. They're the ones who gave me clues. They're the ones who were texting me about Project Lucifer. I'm like, what? What's that all about? I knew what it was, but I didn't get the big picture. So we need to be as wise as serpents and gentle as doves. Right. And we we need to really work together and start supporting people who are like, you know, this stuff that we're that it all I can say is this. I am going to do everything in my power to get the remedy out. I'm going to get that second DVD done. I'm going to create what I need to to finish to teach these um, to, to help as a as a mechanism for the uh, the hospitals and for first responders and things like that. Because even nanotechnology painted on walls, the particulates are so small, it's even smaller than what those masks accommodate. I need to get the remedy out there. And it's okay. If I if if people want to donate to me, great. But if they don't, I'm okay with that too, because here's what I plan on doing. I'm gonna get the remedy out there, okay? And then I am going to completely take the rest of my life. And just pray for the world. And I talked to someone in the Pentagon three days ago about this. I mean, three or three or five days ago. And I asked him, I said, you know what? If you have all this knowledge and you know things are coming down the pike, what is the best weapon that I can use to fight against it? He says, well, prayer. We all know that he's this guy was in S4. He had clearances higher than the president. OK. And he says it would be prayer. That would be the highest thing you could ever do to, to fight this stuff. And he says prayer in numbers is even better. But prayer. I said, thank you. You just answered my question. So, you know, uh, I plan on getting as much of this remedy out as fast as I can, but I can tell you that I'm only one person. I'm one. I'm just one soul. And um, I appreciate people like you getting the story out there and helping me. But this, I don't feel, I feel in my heart that the rest of my life, the greatest gift I can offer 
is I will get all the remedies out there and I'm going to show people how to do it and what to do. But I really believe in my heart that prayer is the, the key because it's the prayer that the, is the backbone upon which all activity in precise activity is formulated. It's not running and being active that's going to get us through any of this stuff. It's precise action and it's a steel will. And if people see that this is coming down the pike to threaten their children, their family, they're animals. I mean, animals. They're putting nanotech in the food. Dead pets don't, you know, lies is, uh, is a great book on that, but they don't get into the nano parts of it. So uh, I think the best thing we can do is accelerate our will in, in terms of aligning our will with what God wants for us. And I believe God wants the best for us uh, as a people. And that uh, I think I'm going to have to bury myself into God's bosom because I think that's the only thing that I can't. What other weapon do I have? You know, what other weapon do we have? Right. I'm not alone in that sense, but there's a certain part of this where I am alone in a certain way. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, uh, we're living in some interesting times. I mean, there's things going on around us that when we sit back and we just start observing uh, just what's going on in the culture around us and the, the news society and all the stuff that we're, we're, it's just, there's something interesting going on. Like I mentioned earlier, you, we, we got to start trying to piece the puzzle together. And uh, I, I referenced the book of Enoch. I mean, I think it's the first chapter of the second verse. Enoch writes that this, what he was writing that whole book wasn't for his generation, but for a generation to come. And I, I think that we're approaching that generation, if not in that generation now. And I, I, I find it interesting that that's written in there because you have, I personally believe that Enoch is going to be one of the witnesses that come back at the end times. And so it's like Enoch, according to that belief, Enoch is one day going to be back and his book is now coming back. And I'm just like, it's like because seriously like for years the book of enoch was taboo in the christian society i mean uh i know the ethiopian bible never got rid of it but for the most part the book of enoch was something you don't touch it's like what what who knows you know and now everywhere i look people are referencing the book of enoch and it's like it's making this big surge back into our culture and i can only imagine that there's this synchronicity there with the idea that of enoch as well uh but I wanted to ask you before we wrap this up and everything, and this is more of a, um, it's just an interesting question, I think. Uh, way back when this all happened, you were offered some money, $100 million. If you would have taken that, do you think that that would have been the end of, the end of your story or do you think they still would have bothered you? The other people that took the $100 million, they're still alive, but they cannot help any other people. They, they had to shut up and their story went down with them. And I knew in my heart that if I shut up, everything that was set up that was ready to go under Hillary's uh, presidency, should that have happened, it would have been the end. So, um, yeah, they would have. I don't know. I, I believe if they would have watched me very closely and if I deviated in any way, shape or form, I would have been dead. Absolutely. If I deviated from that agreement, the hundred million dollar agreement. Well, with with you being as outspoken as you are, uh, and I think I know the answer to this question, but I'll ask it anyways. Uh, what do you think is keeping you alive? Uh, God alone. Yeah. 
if 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 anyone that's protecting me because I I am under protected status, let's say they just fell asleep a little bit. Okay, if they made a boo boo, security wise, I'd be gone. It's God alone using people and His angels. Okay, that is keeping me alive. And frankly, I don't care. I like I'm I'm okay. Like now that this remedy is getting out there, if God wants to take me, <laughs> I feel more at peace about that now than I did a year ago. Because the more and more truth that gets out there, I feel better and better. I feel like I did my part to try to warn people. So yeah, it's it's I'm staying here because and for for Christ. And when I leave, I will be going because and for Christ. To be with him. Right. So as, as long as people need me here and, um, you know, great. But I, I am looking forward to uh, I'm looking forward to just getting this all done and getting a label on the foods. No nano certifications, getting a label so people can have a choice to really have clean food because organic is it's not the proper measurement for food. It, it's doesn't even go to the nanoscale to measure it. You need something to measure it at the nanoscale to know if you're eating something clean. So that's another project I've got to do. And it's just like, huh, it's got to get done. But I, I don't have a corporate background. You know, I, I don't, I'm not a, I've never run a multi-million dollar. Well, actually I've, I've run multi-millions in my ministry, but I've never, and those days are over. Like I said, I don't do the work that I used to do, but I've never run a corporation like that, you know, because I believe there's too many um, risks involved. So because I have a, a very strong awareness of how things work at that level. So I've always steered clear of it. So I don't know what's going to happen. But if there's a way we could get a label on foods, you know, in the European countries, they have labels, no nano on this or no nano. And they they have to do it. And here we don't have to. Why? Because America's, they're trying to take us down to be the military arm for the Pope, and Trump ain't having that for that any of that. He ain't having any of it. Well, Carrie, I'll tell you what, I really do appreciate having you on and having you just share your story. And this is exactly uh, what I was hoping to accomplish today, just letting you get it out and share your story in completion or as much completion as, you know, three hours can give us. So uh, <laughs> I do appreciate it. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. I appreciate everything you're doing and keep up the good work. I, God bless you. And just please be safe. <laughs> oh, I, I certainly try. Thank you. Okay. God bless you, my, my friend. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, there are three things you can do to help support the show. One, go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. Two, go to patreon.com forward slash the confessionals and sign up to become a patron. And three, you could take the link to this show right now and share it around social media. That would help me out a great deal with the show as well. Now, next week, we have Bill Sheenan coming on, and Bill is an author of the books Bigfoot, Terror in the Woods, Sightings, and Encounters. Tune in next week to hear Bill recount some of the most terrifying Bigfoot encounters you will ever hear. Until next week, friends, take care, stay safe, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off.
You're never gonna make it, you're not good enough There's a million other people with the same stuff You really think you're different, man, you must be kidding Think you're gonna hit it, but you just don't get it It's impossible, it's not probable, you're irresponsible Too many obstacles, you gotta stop it, yo You gotta take it slow, you can't be a pro Don't waste your time no more Who are you to tell me what to do? I don't give a damn if you say you disapprove I'm gonna make my move, I'm gonna make it soon And I'll do it cause it's what I wanna do Cause all these opinions and all these positions They come in in millions, they blocking your vision But no, you can't listen, that is all fiction Cause you hold the power you're as long as you're driven make it there's no way that you make it And maybe you can fake it But you're never gonna make it Are you just gonna take that? Make them take it all back Don't tell me you believe that Are you just gonna take that? Or will you fight back? And you're not that great, man Stop what you're saying Stop what you're making Everybody here knows That you just fake it Nah, I don't wanna hear it anymore I don't wanna hear it anymore All these thoughts are not what I need anymore I'm about to shut the door On all you poor haters With your heads in the clouds Talking out loud so proud You better shut your mouth Before I do more speak out It's about to hit south never gonna make it There's no way that you make it And maybe you can fake it But you're never gonna make it Aren't you just gonna take that? Make them take it all back. Don't tell me you believe that. Aren't you just gonna take that? Or will you fight back? Or will you fight back? 